Connect, connecting people. Good day and welcome to The Connect. Uh, the Connect is a podcast that was formed in Sweden in uh, this year 2023. Uh, by myself, Debo Khoramaji, I am from South Africa. Uh, I am currently completing my uh, MSc in Maritime Affairs, specializing in um, maritime law and policy at the World Maritime University in Malmo, Sweden. Uh, throughout this podcast, I'm going to be joined by my colleague and fellow South African, Sihle. Uh, she, Sihle, hi. <laughs> um, hi, Tebucho. Hi to everyone. My name is Sipo Sihle Mzileni. I'm also from South Africa. I'm studying here at the World Maritime University. I am specializing in shipping management and logistics. And I have to mention, I am the president of the World Maritime University Women's Association. I feel as though that definitely has to um, be known. Mm-hmm. And and you are also a researcher. Yes, 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 yes. Um, a maritime researcher, um, researching anything and everything to, to do with maritime. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm so grateful for this opportunity, you know, to do this podcast mm-hmm. because you know it's it's one thing to research and you're sitting behind a laptop it's something else when you're actually meeting with people connecting with people and 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 hearing their side of the story mm. from my side um the connect uh, the connect or the connect um has been a dream of mine for many many years i have start i started my career in broadcasting many 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 years ago uh, in South Africa at the South African Broadcasting Corporation. But before then, I had worked uh, at the campus radio station at the university the way I studied, University of Pretoria. And then I then went on to work at a radio station in KwaZulu-Natal and then came back to become a television producer and newsreader at the SABC. So broadcasting has always been in my blood. And I've been wanting to do something where I can tell uh, people's stories and my story. So throughout the years, I've toyed with the idea. I wanted to do something about, uh, it has always been about connecting people. Because mm-hmm. I remember I wanted to tell a story about love, how people love, how people love differently than others. Um, that didn't work out. And then I wanted to just do a podcast, generally discussing life back in South Africa. Everybody's doing that. And then I came to WMU last year in September. And then I thought, hmm. At any given time at WMU, there are 120 students yes. from 52 different countries. Yes. The stories are phenomenal. Every day we sit at the canteen, we walk, we talk. You can hear different stories from different people about how they experience maritime, um, about how they experience life at uh, the World Maritime University, and, and, and personal stories that they've gone through before they came here. So I then thought, hmm maybe this is the right time to start a podcast and um, allow people to tell their stories while we're connecting them with other people around the world. And then I then spoke to you, Sile, and then... No, no, definitely, Tebucho. You know, the one thing about WMU, it has given me a voice and many others to actually... um, you know, say something and what you say and what role you're actually playing in the industry matters. So I think that's the crux of the connect. Um, everyone has a voice 
and everyone in the maritime industry um, has a role to play to actually make it a better industry. The Connect, connecting people. And today we are joined by our esteemed colleagues uh, from the land of the brave Namibia, uh, Philemon and uh, Joseph, but they will be introducing themselves. Uh, Phil? Thank you. Thank you for having us. Um, as uh, formally introduced by Teboko, my name is Philemon Mupupa. I'm from Namibia. I work in the Namibian Port Authority in the Business Development Department. My role really in the organization is to bring business to the Namibian Port Authority. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Joseph Shoro Duanga. Uh, I'm from Namibia, as you heard, and I uh, work for the Ministry of Works and Transport, the government, that is the government, and the Department of Maritime Affairs. Uh, yes, we are very much happy to be here with you guys to share more much about Namibia, small time issues and stuff like that. And I'm currently at WMU. Mm-hmm. I'm a student and I'm, I'm, I'm doing a master's in MLP, that's small time law and policy. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our discussion and see oh, where and how can we help you to know more much about Namibia. Absolutely. Oh. Thank you so much, Jojo. Uh, well, I shouldn't call you Jojo because like, you know, yes, other people don't know you as Jojo. Thank you so much, Joseph. Uh, Thank you, guys. Um, could you guys briefly just uh, give us a background history about Namibia? I think, uh, if I may, um, yeah. yeah, Namibia is a very small country um, uh, in terms of population. We are only 2.5 million people. We are bordered by Angola in the north and South Af- the mighty South Africa in the south. Mm-hmm. And then we are also bordered by the Atlantic Ocean. Our coastline is about 100. And 1,520. One of the longest in the world, right? One of the longest yeah. in the world, yes. And um, we've got a square kilometers of about 830,000 square kilometers. Mm-hmm. Now, Namibia's history is very interesting. Mm-hmm. We were colonized by quite a lot of uh, countries. I think yeah. uh, Germany, also the British, and then the last colonizers were actually South Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, the Namibian Port Authority uh, was basically established in 1994. Mm-hmm. Remember, our country came independence in 1990. Yes. But then, Warfish Bay still belonged or was still under the care of South Africa. Okay. Which is quite strange. It's like having uh, owning a house mm-hmm. in another or owning a room in somebody else's house. Yeah. Uh, so. Only when Nelson Mandela was then released from prison, um, he then decided to officially allow for Warfish Bay to be reintegrated into the Namibian system in uh, 1994. So that's when the Namibian Port Authority was established. Okay. Uh, That's in brief uh, about um, uh, Namibia. And it's not not the only port that you have, right? No. No. Okay, uh, Jojo, about the other port? Yes, uh, to add on that, uh, that, uh, when Sarafa got in place in 1994, then Namibia, Balwesba was integrated to Namibia. Mm, we are member state. Namibia is also a member state to to the International Maritime Organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you see we we we, we have a, a big role to play in yes. maritime issues, and and and, and one and our, our ocean our ocean has been feeding the nation is fishing you know fishing and, and diamond mining mm-hmm. to our sources is instrumental for our GDP. Yes. So that's why you see we are very much interested. You know, consider that we the rest of our, our coastal area. Is, you know, we border with the sea. So we are very much interested in terms of maritime governance issues, protection, mm-hmm. and, 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 and port developments, and, and, the, and the coastal development. 
Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Now, maybe if I can, yes. uh, just to go into detail in terms of the question that you posed to Joseph with the yeah. report. <laughs> so I'm the port expert, so I'll, yeah. I'll take on that question. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, the Namibian Port Authority was established in 1994 yes. as a commercialized state-owned entity. We uh, manage two ports, the port of, of Wolfish Bay and the port of Luderitz in the south. So the port of Wolfish Bay is the main commercial port, and the port in Luderitz is the it's a smaller port. It caters for trade with the northern Cape of South Africa, mining industry and the fishing mm. industry in the south of the country. And uh, the port of Wolfish Bay, as mentioned, is the main commercial port. It enters about 4,000 vessels per annum. It um, um, also caters for trade between um, the landlocked countries and um, it's connected It's connected to corridors, uh, which we refer to as uh, trade corridors, um, to our neighboring hinterland countries, mm. as they are referred to, uh, mainly Zambia, Zimbabwe, uh, Botswana and uh, Southern DRC and uh, what we have done to just uh, uh, increase trade within the region mm-hmm. is uh, in, nine, in 2008 we have allocated land to landlocked countries, uh, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, as well as the Democratic Republic of Congo, within the port of, of, of Wolfish Bay. Mm. So basically, they, we refer to them as no longer landlocked, but landlinked, because we give them direct access to the maritime benefits that we are benefiting from as Namibia as a country. I think that is very exciting, like very interesting something to hear, um, uh, because I'm thinking about the cooperation that uh, we have as SADC countries uh, in the southern in the southern African region. So, do you know if there's any other countries in the world that do this, that this land linking? Because I think it's just a very exciting thing. Uh, well, it's it's quite a, a, a new concept uh, um, that I know of. Uh, in fact, I'm also doing a thesis on uh, on dry port facilities. Mm-hmm. So, it's quite a new concept, uh, which uh, in my view is uh, quite strategic for a particular country to attract volumes to their country and also to intensify and enhance uh, regional trade mm. with, or in the continent or within a particular region. So I know about, uh, I'm, I'm speaking under correction, I know about maybe Tanzania also are looking at uh, allocating dry port, mm. but I don't know in terms of uh, the concept that they want to use because the concept basically is what, what is the game changer. Mm. For us as Namibia, we've given land uh, dry port in the port but other countries might give dry ports um, away from the port, like inland uh, terminals, maybe 100, more than 100 kilometers away from mm-hmm. from the port. So it's, it's just about the concept. And also going uh, more into detail with Namibia, what we've done, because of our population size, really, um, we are only 2.5 million people. Uh, and our facilities at our ports can really cater for the entire Sadiq region, which is about uh, 300 million people. Mm-hmm. So we've, op- we've recently also inaugurated our new container terminal, where we've doubled our throughput capacity from 350,000 uh, TUs to 750,000 TUs, which goes to show that uh, we are really a force to be reckoned with. We really want to participate in regional trade within the Sadek region. Hmm. I think it is brave indeed coming from the land of the brave seekers. Thank you so much, Bill. Um, that, that's interesting. And I think, um, you know, coming to WMU will obviously add on to, to what you know. So just tell us, um, how did you get to WMU? Uh, WMU is, is, a, is, a, is a well-known university established under the IMO mm-hmm. to support developing countries with skills development. Uh, I heard about it because I had uh, two of my colleagues from my ministry has been here. So we, 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 we really uh, appreciate this because 
WMM is now known by countries, maritime countries. Mm. So I, the International Maritime Organization is doing a great job where they encourage the country to send their staffs. Connect. Connecting people. I, I'll be so lucky that I was chosen by Saskawa fellowship. Okay. I have the fellowship from Saskawa. So I put my nomination uh, just like anybody else. We compete with the, the rest of the best candidates from other countries. But where I am today, I'm here. And uh, I'm so much happy. I hope that when I go back, you know, I'm able to be given that opportunity. To, 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 to give back to my country. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about this Sasakawa, Sasakawa Fellowship. Like, what is it? Uh, just a short summary of who they are and then what is it that they are offering? Sasakawa, they are, they are known as, as great friends of the World Matam University. They are very generous uh, institution. They are under the Nippon Foundation, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken. So the sponsor, they give around 30 to 31 every every fellowships to for students to be to study at to study the World Maritime the world. University. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They are very good friend of, of, of the World Maritime University, and uh, and, uh, and I'm so I'm also happy to to, to be joining as a, as a fellow. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, um, Philemon. I understand you are here under scholarship under the International Maritime Organization. Can you just t- tell us about that, please? Yeah, no, thank you for the question. Yeah, I first uh, heard about uh, WMU in 2015. There was one of uh, my colleagues that joined and that studied here, and um, he was he actually played a very instrumental role in securing a, um, um, a MOU with uh, the university. And uh, after the MOU was uh, signed between my institution as well as WMU, we sent through two uh, colleagues. Uh, that came to study. One studied uh, maritime education and training and the other one studied port management which I'm currently enrolled for. So after the two ladies came, uh, my boss, uh, who's currently the executive for commercial services at the Namibian Port Authority, also came. So he actually inspired me and he actually encouraged me to apply. So first of all, I was reluctant, but then later on, uh, because uh, the industry uh, was getting a bit more challenging, uh, more dynamic, new changes. I really wanted to upskill myself. Uh, I've got the technical experience, but I really wanted to upskill myself in terms of my um, uh, theoretical knowledge, just to understand more of what is going on so that I can also be able to uh, cater to my clients more professionally, more efficiently, with obviously the latest uh, uh, um, know-how know-how what is happening in the industry yeah so eventually i then applied uh, to wmu in 2021 and mind you uh, i had also applied for position uh, in my institution but uh, because of the fact that i did not uh, basically meet the necessary requirements uh, it was a bit difficult and challenging for me but i still went ahead and applied in 2021 november mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it took about six months uh, which caught me by surprise. I had forgotten about the fact that I applied to <laughs> WMU. I was in Cape Town uh, for some meetings, attending the mining in Daba in May. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on a Wednesday morning, woke up, Thursday evening, came from my meetings, and I opened my email. I got an email, I think it was from Sue, um, mm-hmm. that uh, to notify me that I got a scholarship from the International Maritime Organization. And uh, yeah, to, uh, and, and I was I was really happy, and obviously mm-hmm. I informed my boss about it, and yeah, the process obviously it 
took its course yeah. and um, uh, a lot of planning went uh, uh, and sacrifices. I must say that I sacrificed quite a lot because I've got a scholarship, but I had to leave my family behind. Mm-hmm. And um, I am also here on a no salary, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite difficult, knowing that you are the breadwinner of mm-hmm. uh, your family. And leaving your family uh, without any uh, source of income mm. was quite difficult. But I must really thank my wife for being so supportive. Uh, mm. She's actually the one that also played a big role mm. in me to take the decision to actually take up my studies at WMU. So six months, seven months down the line, here I am. Uh, I'm really enjoying myself. Yes. Mm. I have learned a lot. Yes. I really thought that I knew uh, quite a lot because I work at the Port Authority. But I can tell you when I got here, I felt like... I don't know anything. Absolutely. So I, I, I find my stay in my studies here quite interesting and I think it was the best move and the decision that I could have ever taken for myself. So, so Joseph, seven months in and seven months to go. Can you, um, can you tell us about your experience? My experience so far, you know, I was afraid when I came. I thought it would be... You know, they talked about uh, cold in Europe, the food, there's no meat, and, you know. <laughs> but uh, actually, 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 all those fears, I have survived it. And, yeah. and, you know, and being with a, a, with a student in a student community, you know, you find people who are like-minded. Then mm. I have made, I have made good friends here, so they make everything so easy, work nicely. We we have our small drinks here and there. We do our work, so <laughs> so I, I feel at home. I feel at home, and then I feel, I really, I don't, I don't even really miss miss actually back at home like it's, it's supposed to be homesick no I never experienced that and I, and I think I'll never have been homesick ever in my life yeah yeah but I just want to pick up on something that Phil said. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, coming here, everybody have been on the same journey. Yeah. Um, you apply and then you anxiously wait oh, for right. to hear something and then it comes. That's and then you don't realize the kind of sacrifices that you have to make to come here. We come to a different country, new people, new everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we come from Africa, all of us. Africa and Europe, totally different. Um, uh, maybe we should talk about a little bit more about the sacrifice. You spoke about the sacrifice for your family and everything but do you feel now seven months later that this was the right decision well uh, of course uh, if you look at the uh, opportunity cost as I mentioned there was a position um, that was advertised obviously I applied but then um, when I got my notification that I'm coming to WMU I had to then decide Mm. what is it that I really want Mm. you know so the opportunity cost really for me was leaned more towards me coming to study because yes. um, it is an opportunity of a lifetime uh, and I had to take the sacrifices. As you know, uh, for me, I really think that to get something, you need to sacrifice quite mm-hmm. a lot for you to be able mm-hmm. to get something and for you to live a better life or to have the life that you really want or that you are dreaming for. So I had to take that sacrifice. Uh, as I mentioned, I came here and I don't earn a salary like every mm-hmm. other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, not a lot has changed really I mean mm-hmm. I've got a supportive family I've got a supportive wife so uh, in life if you want something you must go for it because yes. you'll never know if you don't try if you don't go for it if you don't take the opportunities that are presented to you you'll never know so mm-hmm. for me I think it was the best choice that I could have ever taken and obviously uh, tomorrow when there's an opportunity to, to take up a bigger or higher position I don't want to be in a situation again where I get told but no you don't have a master's degree mm-hmm. so the opportunity cost really for me was was better to be here than staying back at home. So 
it was the best choice ever that I could have taken. The Connect, connecting people. Connect, connecting people. Welcome back, and then I think we should pick it up from the World Maritime University as an institution of higher learning in Scandinavia. Um, it caters for uh, students from a, from a little bit over fifty countries, fifty developing countries, um, and there's uh, at any given time there's uh, more than one hundred and twenty students at yes. the World Maritime University. How did you find integrating into this community? Because like it's a small community of people from different cultures, uh, different continents, different everything. How, how has that been uh, for you? And maybe we should start with Joseph. Yeah. And you must just move yeah, a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. yes. uh, like, like for, for me, it is... Uh, it was not really much difficult to integrate because I'm used this. My country also we have different background where we're coming from, mm. and also in my organization we have different people. So coming here, it, it it's not really much bigger apart from big cultural differences, maybe with the Asian also. Mm. But uh, you know, I'm used this in my in my organization where we work with different people. Namibia is also a multi diverse uh, country mm. where you find you know different races, whites, blacks, Chinese. They are there, you know. So it was much easier for me to adapt. Mm. You no. Know, Although it was uh, a bit, you know, hesitant <laughs> of testing especially other food, cultural food, you know, you must be yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Especially food and, from and, 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 and also, yes, yes, yes. Jollof rice, you know, I despise too much. Yes. Listen, I've had so much jollof rice this year. Yes. But also, the institution itself, it is, you know, they have made everything in place. They have put everything in place that welcomes international students to easily, you know, how can I say, to easily integrate very easier because yeah. the, the students if it gives you their the school is safe it gives you that environment mm-hmm. you feel safe and you know mm-hmm. you, yes that, 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 it had made it much easier for it's a very important thing that you just mentioned they're feeling safe yes, um, yes. Um, there's a lot of horror stories that you hear before you yes, come here yes. and and people tell you that this might happen to you mm-hmm. uh, this will happen yes, to you yes. and I, I think so far yeah. touch wood yeah and nothing, also maybe nothing, nothing horrible has yeah, happened maybe, to maybe, us maybe just to add on also the, the experience for um, the previous students they yes. also told us how we can adapt here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like in my organization there were some few students who were here. Mm-hmm. So so it made it much made you know I was prepared already mentally asked the previous question like how were you preparing like to come here mm-hmm. and how how you know all the surfaces we made. So I was mentally prepared already from home. I said no there's nothing that can stop me. I'm going mm-hmm. to this year to school mm-hmm. so whatever I'm leaving behind, whatever I'm gonna f- uh, face that side, I must go face it. I also mental mental preparation also uh, it had really helped to adapt quickly here. So, so let's talk about, we'll go to Phil now, but let's talk about the specialization that you're doing now, mm. um, maritime law and policy. Oh, yes. um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen who have not been to World Maritime University. Would you, would you, uh, would you, would you um, recommend? Uh, recommend for them. Uh, the, the MLP course is much, is, this is for the people who are, who, who are involved with dealing with legal matters, okay. deciding policies and laws, stuff like that. So like for, for a maritime administration, myself coming from the government, and maritime administration, this is highly recommended mm-hmm. because because this is where you are. You you are taught what is done by the industry, and this is a IMO. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's a university by IMO. Mm-hmm. So you are basically actually told what is 
what's expected in the industry mm. and you are you are taught by the best professors the best in the you world. are exposed to the industry yes. industry players the main actors in the in the yes. in the UN system this this uh, I, I can I will not say that it, it's, it's the uh, best of the best it's, it's the best of the best and yeah. I'm really Oh, and sorry, and, yeah. and Joseph, you mentioned the IMO, and you recently had a trip to London, uh, uh, visiting the IMO. How was that? No, that, that was an eye opener. That was my first time uh, uh, attending a meeting. That is, that was the the the, 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 the committee of legislation. Okay. So I have been the IOM before, okay. but uh, this is the first time I've been in the chamber. You can really see how the countries are prepared. So mm. it's, it's it is very good mm. because that's where where the major things. If you don't talk, you don't. Your country will be left behind. <laughs> you will just be following people. It's so, it was so really nice. Uh, you know, witnessing, witnessing, you know, first-hand experience. Uh, you know how Absolutely. how people talk and bring their ideas behind and try to to convince others. You know, to, to buy into the ideas. So and just, really and nice. just to add to what Jojo is saying, because I was there with with Jojo in in, in, in London. Uh, the very the very essence of why we're doing the connect mm. is to connect people. Mm. And um, you can feel when you are at the IMO just how connected we are, just how we share a common purpose of making sure that the maritime industry benefits everybody equally, equally. and fairly. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that, that came through for me a lot. Um, uh, Phil, so how does your specialization then um, make sure that people, uh, that the maritime industry benefit everybody equally and failing. Port management, which is known as pressure, pressure management. management. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, let me start off from where Joseph uh, uh, commenced in terms of, of how it was when he had to integrate into the new culture. Uh, for me, um, it was not really that difficult because uh, uh, I've, I've traveled to over 20 countries, um, mm. obviously through my, my job. Mm. And uh, uh, however, the experience in Sweden was a bit different because um, it was more of a thing of be feeling a bit of uh, intimidated, especially the uh, S2022. They, when I got here, they really scared me. And you know how it feels like going to a new school for the first time or starting grade yeah. one. So that's basically how I felt. But uh, as time got, uh, went by, I started making friends and uh, things became much more easier. Mm. Yes, uh, uh, other than that, I, I, I didn't find it uh, uh, very difficult to adapt to the new environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than uh, missing my family and uh, you know being away from home, yes. and sometimes during winter where the sun sets at four o'clock in the afternoon, it messes and, up with your, it with your up soul. With your so it, it became quite it became quite depressing at times. But uh, yeah, we yeah. managed to navigate through that. Now, in terms of my specialization, uh, as per the nickname, pressure management, I, I think it's two specializations that are merged uh, with each other: shipping management. Management and, and and port management, shipping management is referred to as uh, stress management, <laughs> and I can tell you that uh, uh, the names really yeah. live it out to say that pressure management and stress management is not easy. Uh, we it's a busy, very busy, challenging specialization, but uh, I think it is important for people that are working in, uh, for, especially for my uh, specialization, which is port management, to go through a course like this because if you look at uh, what ports do, port play a critical uh, role within the logistics and uh, supply chain. A port is basically a border, so you need skilled people uh, working in a port for them to be able to at least promote the seamless flow 
and facilitate uh, trade uh, professionally, uh, uh, efficiently, and effectively. So it is quite critical. Uh, uh, for I would encourage anybody in my country, also in Namibia, um, that wants to take up uh, uh, education, a career in the medic, uh, in the maritime space, to really go for a specialization like this. I mean, it has opened my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the in, uh, in the beginning, I thought. I knew uh, quite a lot of things because of my years of experience. Yes. But when I got here, I, I knew that <laughs> there's still a lot that I had to learn. So honestly, I, I would encourage anybody to really come here. Once given the opportunity, apply and uh, really come here to upskill yourself. And looking at Namibia, it's a small country. We don't have uh, a lot of people uh, that are skilled within the industry. Mm. So me being part of this uh, journey mm. uh, to go back one day and to plow back into my country, is uh, it's really an honor. Okay. Maybe to add on, on that uh, from the administration, administrative part uh, side, especially the government, what we aim is that we want, we want the maritime that that should be built by our own people, with the people who train, the you know, the, the, that that will, that will, that will move the maritime uh, affairs forward. For forward. So the issue is that you know, if you, as we said, we just recently get independence. But five years now is long ago. We mm-hmm. need to develop. Mm-hmm. So the issue of 50-50 gender representation also is, is coming into play. We want also. Really, the male dominate dominance should, should we are not saying male should get out of the industry. Mm. We want us to the girl child must come and play a role. Yes. Namibia is one of the countries that's you know forging that and I mean I mean encouraging to have more including even our black people, our black, you know the special thing from the, the, they are underrepresented. But now we move from from racial issue to where we are trying to bring gender issue. Also, when mm-hmm. we want to the lady to, to you know given space to take over in maritime industry. Yes, and, and we, are, we are achieving that. In, on top of that, also we have institution, like local institution, that's also encouraging you know. The, so that uh, most of our time, Namibians are trained in South Africa, mm-hmm. and, and that you know the, the distance and they have to relocation to South Africa. It also it adds to the cost. Mm-hmm. Now we have few institutions in Namibia like Namfi, where the, the the training is done locally, and that's yes. also helping a lot to achieve the, the maritime industry that we want by mm. ourselves, of course. Thanks. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing your stories. Um, it's important to have a balanced work life. Um, yes, balanced work life. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we can't always be stressed, we can't always be under pressure. So, what do you guys do in your free time in Malmo? Apart from a few drinks, um, <laughs> like as, as Joseph has mentioned earlier, well, um, as for me, I um, would occasionally or at least go to the gym three times a week. Sometimes mm-hmm. it gets very difficult to, uh, my bed is sometimes my best friend. And, uh, getting out of your bed, especially during weekends, uh, can quite be uh, challenging uh, mm-hmm. because um, I uh, prefer to work or study uh, at night and uh, waking up in the morning uh, to go to the gym sometimes is a bit challenging mm-hmm. and also coming from school going to the gym is, is, is challenging but at least I try to go to the gym at least uh, three times uh, in a week um, other than that I'll be watching movies in my room visiting mm-hmm. a few of the friends that I have here at uh, HSR and um, socially go out for some uh, drinks to have something to eat at some of the restaurants mm-hmm. and that's basically what I do 
during my free time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, in my case, uh, I, I do more or less the same, but I'm not a gym. I'm not a gym person. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, apart from coming from school, I would just relax in my room, mm. watch a bit of movie, maybe from there visit my 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 my, my friends. Mm. So we catch up on stories, we exchange cultural experiences, issues back at home, what is going on around there. We mm. update ourselves. Then, of course, we have some little two to three glasses. Of course. Yes, yes. We play, we play the Amapiano, <laughs> then the DJ Clement arguing that which was the best between Amapiano and the you know, Adiwele, yeah. those things, yes. Uh, but, um, so I think, I th- thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for coming and, and, and sharing this. But there's one last thing that I think we need to do. Um, there is a lot of kids um, that don't know what they would like to do or who have finished school, they don't know if the, the maritime industry is the best career to go into, um, or people that maybe would like to change careers. Um, what is it that you would say to them about joining the maritime industry? Um, if, if you can allow me to go first. Um, as you know, when I applied at WMU, I think it's also one of the questions that they ask on the application form as to how are you going to contribute to your organization after you've finished studying here at yeah. WMU or your country at large. So for me, really, what I would uh, do is also my organization also is, is quite keen on helping um, students. Uh, there's a program that we call Catch Them Young where our organization actually goes to schools to find out who are the best performing students. And um, after they pass grade 10, the organization actually takes them and pays for them for their studies there's a maritime school that they join in south africa that we pay for their tuition fees accommodation mm-hmm. fees until they get to a level where they obtain their qualification so what i would be, what i uh, would do really when i go back after i'm done with my studies i would go to the high schools um and just you know give some motivational talks to grade 12 learners uh, that are about to finish grade 12 just to explain to them about my journey my experience and uh, the benefits and uh, of the maritime industry um, and just to share some knowledge and maybe that would at least help to encourage them to follow in the maritime industry. As I said, Namibia is a small country. The industry, maritime industry is, is, is not uh, really well explored by many people. Mm-hmm. So we need to encourage uh, more young people not yes. going to schools really, and just talk about the maritime industry mm-hmm. much more. So mm-hmm. it's more about uh, creating awareness about the industry. Yes. Uh, to add on that, what I, what I would advise this to the future kids who like to join the maritime industry is that, okay, they say when you want to join a career, you follow your passion, extra stuff like that, your talent, you know, you know combated by many, many factors. But when I'm, when it comes to maritime, mar, maritime issues that I'm saying, you must look at the, at the industry. Is the in, industry sustainable? Because we don't want to train people at the end of the day, they don't have a job to mm-hmm. yes. But the maritime industry is a sustainable industry, which means maritime will never be there. Transport will be needed. Mm-hmm. Seabone transport will never, will never cease. Yes. Ports will operate. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. If you want a, a, a career which is very entertaining uh, at the same time you know job secure security everything's there yeah this this, this, this you know this the, this the right life is, that is, yeah. it's a sustainable it's a sustainable industry that yes. is why everybody must work towards making sure yes, yes, yes. that the maritime industry benefits everybody Benefit, yes. equally yeah. and fairly and there are new yeah. and new new emerging issues coming up yes. mm. new technologies the other side is technology the other side legal Absolutely, Ob- yeah. lot of lot of very very interesting Thank you so much for that, Joseph. I think I think we're done. Yes. 
Um, uh, thank you very much, uh, gentlemen from the land of the brave, yes. our neighbors there uh, in the southern African, uh, uh, was the southern, southern the southernmost tip yeah. of Africa. Yes. Um, 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 thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Sitler, for being a lovely co-host. I just want to say to people that might be listening to, yes. the, we're no, hoping that people story. will listen. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to to please subscribe to our channel. Yes. Uh, we are available on YouTube, we're available on LinkedIn. Apple, and we're available on LinkedIn, and we're available on Spotify. Um, so thank you very much, and uh, that's it. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. The Connect, connecting people.